Hello everyone, my name is Adelia Volkanov and I'm here in person with my friend and co-host Colin Bones. This is episode 63 of Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance and we will be diving into chapters 36 and 37 from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Last episode I won trivia and I'll give you the question of the day after a few disclaimers. We'd like to first and foremost disclaim that we on Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance do not agree with or support J.K. Rowling's bigotry and prejudice in any way. We do not tolerate hatred of any kind and wish to create an open, safe environment on our podcast. Everyone is welcome and encouraged to listen here. This is your major spoiler warning. If you do not wish to hear anything beyond this point in the Harry Potter books discussed, this is not the podcast for you. We will be discussing and heavily referencing all media in the Harry Potter magical universe in every episode, so if this is your first encounter with the Harry Potter world, you have been forewarned. Now, if you're still here, enjoy the show! say we came up with it together. We collaborated. Yeah, we collaborated. So our question today is going to require some audience participation. Um, our email is said at the beginning, at the end of every episode, and it's in the description right now. So the question, <laughs> if I, Adelia, were Harry and Colin were Voldemort, who would you be rooting for? Feel free to let your answer oh be as ridiculous as possible. Yeah, no. Um, Please be creative and email us at vulcanoffbones at gmail. Why was I immediately Voldemort? You said that yourself. No. Yes, you did. You said, if I were Voldemort and you were Harry, who would you choose? No, you said I think it. there was some no. you said it. things amok. <laughs> you are a pathological liar. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, let's get on with it. You are to... You you are took plot notes. You took plot I notes. I took plot notes. Yeah. You just reminded me that. Awesome. Um. Did I take plot notes? <laughs> you better. <laughs> I did. I'm just kidding. Great. Okay. Chapter thirty six. The only one he ever feared. So Sirius is dead. Law. Um. <laughs> Be quiet. Harry is a little upset and a little in shock. Harry sees Bellatrix run away and Harry chases after her with the means of literally murdering her. Um, so he chases her into the axiom of the ministry. Is that what it's called? Atrium? H- what is the axiom? Can you look up what the axiom is? I don't think I feel axiom like is, is a word. Axiom? A statement or proposition which is regarded as being established, accepted, or self-evidently true. No, you're talking about the atrium. Atrium. Look up axiom. I did just look up axiom. Axiom. You cannot tell me it doesn't sound like something out of like software company. A YA novel. Sounds like a name. No. It sounds like the capital from the Hermanus. No, it also sounds like one of those weird names no, that they give people. Like, okay, how are you telling me that no, I'm wrong? <laughs> it sounds like a, like a <laughs> like, programming no. brand of 
takes over the world. It was like, literally a real software company. No, but it sounds like there's like an apocalypse going <laughs> on, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah. Axiom's running the world now. You know, got to report back to the Axiom, you know. Um, yeah. Anyways. <sighs> Atrium. Can I turn this light Atrium? off or will it be too dark? Yes, Atrium. Um, <laughs> he chases her into the main room of the ministry and he hides behind the fountain. Bellatrix taunts Harry, and Harry jumps out from behind the fountain and attempts to crucio Bellatrix. I think but it, it's really interesting. What were we just saying? <laughs> can I not have notes? Should I just like... Can you wait a second for me to finish the sentence? <sighs> but it doesn't work, and it just kind of knocks her over. I was going to say, something I was, I've always thought is interesting about like whether or not you can successfully perform an unforgivable curse it's like because here like harry is like experiencing the most grief and anger that he's ever felt in his life and he's and he's (laughs) full of like rage and regret and sadness and pain he still is not able to exactly and it's so interesting because i wonder if you think there's like a more personal component to it like does this have to be like do you have to be full to perform a violent curse or like do you just have to be angry enough? Um, I do think that it's because he is too good here, and I think it's kind of foreshadowing later in the chapter when he overcomes Voldemort, because, you know, good is just too disgusting for Voldemort to be affiliated with. And, but, like, with that knowledge in mind, it is therefore interesting later when Harry successfully is able to do that. Against them. Yeah. Amicus? Amicus? Isn't that his name, like Haros? Amicus and Electo? Sure. Never been able to get their name right, so... I don't know which one is which, but those are their names, I think. You know what? I feel like Deathly Hollows is going to be an interesting reread, because there are so many new names I in know. that book that you're supposed to follow, and I never understand any of them. Nope. I will never know which Caro is which. <laughs> For all I know, they're the same gender, which they're not. <laughs> Um, I just think that's so interesting right now. Because, right. like, this is, like, like, especially because this is Harry's, like, first experience with, like, oh, I, current oh, personal grief. Like, he's never felt grief, like, this close to home and this, like, current. Like, it just happened. And so it's, like, you would think, because no one has ever equipped him with coping skills, that he would just be so full of rage that he wouldn't be able to control himself and that it would just, like, come out of him, like, real. But it's, like, even the rage he's feeling isn't enough to, like, make him evil, per se. Yeah. But then it's, like, I wonder, in the time from now to the Deathly Hollows when he does do it, like, is he evil or is he just angry enough? I think there is something to say there that Harry is not as good sure. as he is. I, I would guess. agree with that. But then it's, like, is Harry evil or has it just been enough time he's grown up enough that... He thinks truly that I think some people it, deserve he's it. truly dropped everything on the line because I think yeah. that time it's war. You yeah. know? I think maybe here too he doesn't fully believe that she deserves it. Yeah. Even though she's killed. I like, mean, I was also going to say that he's also able to use Imperio, but mm-hmm. that also seems like That's it's That's not different. like a violent curse. Yes. Um or it doesn't have to be. Um but like I think maybe even here, even though Bellatrix has just killed like essentially the last mm-hmm. family he feels like he has left somewhere inside of him I don't know if he thinks that she like really thinks that she deserves it yeah you know like he's he can't do it 
even though he wants to, which is so interesting. Like something inside of him is actually. I think that also shows the difference between this situation and when he uses it later in Deathly Hollows. Yeah. That in this moment he's only doing it for revenge. Exactly. But then it is literally because someone is currently threatening to hurt somebody that he loves. Yeah. So that, it's yeah. completely different. That's interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, I've always thought about that, too. The same way that, like, of his friends, Harry has experienced the most heartache and, like, grief, I guess you could say, from all, like, of all of them. But he is the one that was able to produce a Patronus first and the strongest of anyone. Even in Deathly Hallows, Hermione's was weak and, like, couldn't, she couldn't hold it. And I always thought that was interesting, too. Yeah. Like, has Harry, even though he's experienced more grief and heartache and all of that more than his friends has he experienced more happiness because of that or is the happiness that he experienced more true or deeper because of the hardships he's also experienced like I've always thought the Patronus thing was interesting yes and I think you know going into Deathly Hollows and saying that it's a war it's there is something about being of what is good is the line is kind of blurred Mm -hmm. yeah and that is definitely explored in that book with for the greater good being like a huge point so i think yeah i think that the odds are very different here Mm -hmm. in this as it's basically just the start of a war yeah then it's just the very very beginning yes um yeah 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 oh my god i'm taking the plot notes um, Bellatrix demands the prophecy again, and Voldemort senses through his scar's pain that Voldemort knows the prophecy is broken as well. Did I write that? <laughs> I don't think that's true. Is that wait, true? Wait, say that again? Voldemort senses through his scar's pain that Voldemort knows the prophecy is broken as well. Harry. Harry can feel it like, he's like, well, the prophecy's broken and he knows. Like, he can feel it, like his scar is right. like, burning. I meant that. Yeah, and he <laughs> can feel it like Voldemort knows. <laughs> I did not mean Harry. Um, I mean, jeez, oh, I don't even care. Um, Harry then <laughs> taunts Bellatrix by saying it's broken, which really spooks her. Um, then, bum, 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 Voldemort appears. What? And he cuts to the chase, surprisingly, and tries to kill Harry, but a gold statue jumps in front of Harry to protect him, and bum bum bum, Dumbledore is here to save the day. Um, another thing where this fight here is not done justice. Oh my god, I know. Okay, also, it's so weird that Voldemort uses a nickname with Bellatrix. I feel like they really conveniently don't ever mention her husband, and they're so close that he's well, calling her Bella. Well, apparently he literally impregnated her. What? Wait, what? Cursed child. <gasps> Ew, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ew. Yep. Imagine finding out that your wife cheated on you with Voldemort. <laughs> oh my god, I was just arguing. I'm not going to say it on here so you don't have to cut it out. And he was like... I love Cursed Child. It's so good. Like, the story's so good. And I was like, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? It sucks. And he was like, the whole, like, um, 
what's his name? Oh, the whole like Albus kissing Hermione thing isn't weird because they're not actually like blood related. And I was like, so if you kissed your aunt or uncle that isn't blood related to you but has married into your family, it's not weird? Yeah. And he was like, um. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, s- I forgot everything that happened in Cursed Child. <laughs> Yeah. Except for that. And then the fact that after Albus kissed Hermione, she was like, you taste like fish. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that like once a week. Can <laughs> I continue? Yeah. Okay, so no amount of CGI could have replicated not right. unless they had Marvel's budget times right. 100. <laughs> so Voldemort's like literally riding a giant snake or something. And attempts to throw a killing curse at Dumbledore and Fox literally comes out of nowhere and swallows it. Um, it does sound really insane. When <laughs> out of context. We've reached the point in the evening where everything is funny. Yeah. Um, Just wait until I, like, crash in the next episode and I'm, like, not awake. Yeah. Then Dumbledore Dumbledore turns the snake into smoke and then, like, puts Voldemort in a water ball. (laughs) Voldemort then possesses Harry and tells Dumbledore to kill him. It is absolutely insane to me the extent to which Voldemort can use Harry's mind. Amazing. Like, literally any given moment at Hogwarts, Voldemort could have possessed Harry and made him do whatever he wanted. Like, what? This is another thing where in the movie, I would have appreciated a lot more of them truly showing possession of Voldemort through Harry. Like, I would have liked for Harry to have Voldemort's mannerisms for a second there. Like, I don't just want him, like, struggling on the ground, you know? Um, I just feel like it needed to be communicated better yeah i mean like i don't know i i like that scene it's a little like strange to watch but like i think okay, that's the i think point. they i think the I, point is for it to be uncomfortable like if you're not supposed yeah. to be watching someone be possessed and be like that that's fine i mean we'll talk about this in yeah the movie episode i to be quite honest like i think above any of the actors in his age group daniel radcliffe was excellent in this movie like honestly yeah like i think that like some of like a lot of the scenes are just such standout scenes from him like especially the one where Sirius dies Mm -hmm. it's just so good and i'm not even talking about like just like scream like it's such a good scene like all of the moments leading up to it it's just like his face like it shows everything and i think he really captures like the way that harry is so emotional as a character that he flips back and forth between like different emotions at once you know first it's like shock then it's like complete denial then it's sadness grief and it's rage and then it's like you see it all happen and yeah i think he was really good in in this movie yes yeah um okay and in that moment harry thinks of him being able to be with sirius again and that causes voldemort to unleash him um that is so like devastating to me that Harry was hoping he would die like so that he could like see Sirius again. Yeah. Like 
literally every time I remember Harry's age at any moment, it just, like, breaks my heart. Like, he's 15 years old, lying on the floor, thinking, like, God, like, I would rather be dead than, like, be experiencing this right now. Yeah. And, like, I think a lot of times, like, it's easy to feel disconnected from Harry's emotions as a teenager because he's literally a wizard. But, like, at the same time, like, this is so human of him. Like, his emotions, his emotions are, like, so deeply human. And, like, it's just, like, I think a lot of the writing around, like, this was, like, especially when it comes to Harry and what he's feeling was so, like, good. Like, it, I love this book. I think it's my new favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, the entire ministry arrives, and, including Fornelia, Fornelius, Fornelius Cudge, <laughs> Cornelius Cudge, <laughs> and he finally admits that Voldemort is back. Him being amazed that he just saw Voldemort makes me so mad. Yeah. Makes me so mad. Like, I don't know how Dumbledore didn't just walk over and strangle him, because that's I mean, what I would have done. Did you put your name in the couple of fire? Um, so Dumbledore disses Budge in the ministry. Yeah. And then sashays away with Harry. Sashays away. <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter. Dumbledore failed Harry a lot. All year. Like, literally all year. But he but. does know, like, well how to aid the grieving process like he knew that harry needed a second to just like unwind because like harry has not had had a moment's peace since he watched sirius die yes it was immediately to bellatrix to voldemort himself to all of this stuff and like even though it was just half an hour like dumbledore knew that like he needed that he needed to collect his thoughts even if it was like literal just rage you know it's like he needed to like know a moment's peace like it would have been worse of Dumbledore to just immediately take him back and start grilling him or like talking to him yes. you know like if anything like yeah Dumbledore did a lot of things wrong but when it comes to and it's so frustrating too because like he knows what people need when they're grieving he does like he knows exactly what they need he let Harry <clears throat> destroy his things he let Harry have a moment alone when he needed it and it's just so frustrating to me that Dumbledore had all the tools but he didn't give them to Harry when he was grieving Cedric like, he knows what you need when you're grieving, and it's not two months of total isolation. And it's like, if you know this so well, like, he knew it last year, too. He knew how to help Harry, and he didn't do it. And it's just like, why? <laughs> like, it's so... Ugh. Okay. Chapter 27. The Lost Prophecy. 37. Chapter 37. <laughs> the Lost Prophecy. Harry is in Dumbledore's office and is pacing because he's very upset about the whole Sirius thing. He's dead, if you don't remember. Um, Phineas Nigellus, Sirius's ancestor, makes some snarky remarks, and Harry doesn't have the heart to tell him that his only heir is dead. Hair? Hair? <laughs> his only heir is dead. Yep. Actually, surprisingly sad for a character that you don't even connect with that much. No. Yep. Um, Dumbledore returns to the office and tells him his friends will be okay. Dumbledore starts telling Harry about his plan. I hope you're prepared for a lot of me just saying Dumbledore starts telling Harry this. Dumbledore starts telling Harry about his pain, about how his pain makes him a good person, and that's how he differs from Voldemort, and Harry rightfully gets a little upset. Um, it, he starts throwing things and yelling at Dumbledore. If... Dumbledore, I 
firmly believe, and I'll say it literally for the rest of my life, that if Harry had been supported after Cedric's death, he would have been grieving much more productively right now. Yes. Because, like, yes, you need to get some feelings out after someone has died. And a lot of that is anger, whether they have been murdered or if they have died, like, a natural death. Like, you're going to feel anger for a lot of things. You're going to feel that it's unfair, whatever. But it's like, Harry destroying Dumbledore's office, in a sense, isn't necessarily productive grieving because he's not, like, getting his general anger out because this is what's closest to him he's angry at Dumbledore he's angry at Dumbledore and he's trying to hurt him personally he wants Dumbledore to feel pain because he feels pain and he feels that Dumbledore caused that pain and although and in a lot of ways he did so it's like I wouldn't call this productive grieving because while yes Harry should get some of his anger out because he's also feeling rage at Bellatrix because she's the one that did it but like in this moment he's not He's not doing that. He's getting, he's angry at Dumbledore and he's literally just trying to make him feel pain. Yeah. He's not like getting anger out. He's literally trying to hurt Dumbledore, which given the circumstances, you understand, but it doesn't yeah. make it like productive for him. Okay. Dumbledore then says he blamed himself for Sirius's death as he should have never closed himself off to Harry. Dumbledore tells Harry that Creature lied about Sirius not being at Grimald Place and that this whole time Creature also has been serving Bellatrix. Dumbledore, um, he also says there's some lessons to be learned that Sirius did not treat Creature at the best. This is like, this is the saddest like scene in the book, I think. Yeah. Even more than Sirius dying. It's the aftermath that yeah. makes it horrible to read. Like, it's like not only are we watching Harry grieve in real time it's like we're experiencing it with him as well like as readers for the first time and it's like it's like really useful as a literary device because it's like also as readers we're shocked and like this is new to us as well but it's like for anyone that has like legitimately experienced the death of like someone they know and have loved um or not even Regardless, it's so difficult to criticize the dead. And so I think especially for Harry, he knows. For him to know, but more than that, for him to be hearing that Sirius may have had a hand in his own death is, like, devastating. Because it's so, it's so hard to criticize the dead. Because it feels like, it feels like bullying someone, like, smaller than you, you know? It's like, there's nothing that they can do to defend themselves, and so it feels wrong but also it's just like it's so hard for Harry because like that is the the only father figure he's like really known in his life and I know that he knows that Sirius should have been nicer to Creature but like especially because he's dead like he's always going to be kind of on a pedestal for Harry like he was there for Harry when Harry needed him after they met and all of that so it's like it's so hard to watch him like be told this because he knows it's true but it's just it's so hard to criticize people who have died Dumbledore explains why he left Harry with the Dursleys and it's basically because of some blood magic of Harry (laughs) blood magic that sounds really weird (laughs) he has to stay with blood relatives to keep him safe which I don't actually love that whole sentiment and part of the books that you know blood family is in any way more important than one second hold that thought 
blood relatives are any more important than other family. That's very true. Obviously, I agree with that. That like, it's a, like it depends on the person. But also, I feel like that may have been the point. Voldemort never ever like took pride in his blood relatives. He chose his family, the Death Eaters. Yeah. And so I think that maybe it's that like he doesn't understand like blood relations and how they matter and so that's another oversight on his part he doesn't understand like magic in a lot of ways because he there's big oversights he's basically like Voldemort looks at magic as if it's the fact relies on what his experience was you know like if he didn't experience it it doesn't exist so it's like maybe the point of that and like blood magic is like I don't know in some way was written because like Voldemort would never understand so he would never like think to like I don't even know but like I feel like in some way like that mm-hmm. that's how it feels like to me how like why it was written that way because Dumbledore even says like a hundred wizarding families would have jumped on the opportunity to like take care of Harry and a lot of them all a lot of them would have done it much better than Petunia and Vernon did but like ugh, I don't even know it is weird though because like but I think it's like it's conveniently also because Voldemort like would never understand like blood relative like ties. Hmm. But no, in like real life I totally disagree yeah. that blood relatives are in any way more important than non blood relatives yeah. if you choose for them to be, you know? Yes. Um, Dumbledore basically says that in Voldemort's attempt to kill Harry he instead put a piece of himself in Harry, which is just literally confirming that he is a Horcrux in this book. But, wow. Um, when Dumbledore was interviewing Trelawney for her job, she told the big prophecy of Voldemort and Harry. Um, I also said I should read that out. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you don't have the book. They literally, the first thing when you look up the prophecy is the prophecy from Cursed Child. Where is it? Oh, here it is, I think. There we go. What? There we go. Okay. The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches, born to those who have twice, who have thrice defied him, born as the seventh month dies, and the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal, but he will never have the power... Can I read this right? <laughs> this is, like, really important. But he will have power the Dark Lord knows not, and either must die at the hands of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord will be born as the seventh month dies. Which, you know, I feel like should be a lot of people, but apparently it's just Harry and Neville. Well, because there's also the piece that his parents had defeated him three times before. How does that work? Do, you, do we know that they defeated him tw- three Not times Not like before? defeated him, but three separate battles where I'm assuming they got away and he in some way was wounded, knocked down. You know? So it's like... It's just a bit weird. But it's like, it's the same way that at this point Harry has defied him three times. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because he didn't meet him at all in Prisoner of Azkaban. So he has technically thrice defied him at this point. First book, second book, fourth book. And now this time. Well, like, in, like, 
the first time also was defying him when he was a baby. Yeah, so now he's four, four times. times. And technically, if you're including this, then it's five. It, yeah, so it actually does not mean anything. Nope. Yep. Um, oh, wow, I even wrote it down. I didn't have to look it up. <laughs> Dumbledore also says that the Chosen One could have been Neville Longbottom. Harry realizes that means that he or Voldemort have to kill one another, and Dumbledore confirms, and a single tear goes down his face. Um, the plan was locked in at this point, I feel like. I Dumbledore knows why, in this moment. That's why he's, he's crying. crying. Yeah. Harry's gonna... I think that Sorry. Dumbledore Dumbledore telling Harry why he didn't make him a prefect is one of the sad, saddest lines in the book. Like, it's so simple, but I feel like it says, like, like everything he basically said in this in this talk. Yes. He's like, I feel like he had enough to deal with. Like, that... I remember, like, when I read this the first time, that line, like, ripped my heart out. I was like, oh, it's so sad. <laughs> okay, well, time for trivia. Time for trivia. Do you want to go first, or should I? I'll go first. Oh, um, oh yeah. I have some really interesting ones. Oh no. <laughs> Fill in the blank. A long, thin blank flew from the tip. It wrapped itself around Voldemort, blank and all. For a moment, it seemed Dumbledore had blank but then the blank rope became a serpent. Why did you do this? Okay, wait, read. A thin what? A long, thin blank flew from the tip. Strand? No. Okay, I give up on that one. It wrapped itself around Voldemort. Wait, tell me what that one is, because I gave up. You so. gave up on it completely. Yes. Um, flame. Oh, yeah, never. Never would have gotten that. It wrapped itself around Voldemort, blank and all. Blank in all or and all? And all. Blank and all. No idea. Shield and all. Never would have gotten that. Okay, go on. For a moment, it seemed Dumbledore had blank. One. Yes. But then... The blank rope became a serpent. The blank rope. Fiery? Yes. Oh. I literally just did that because I thought it sounded really dirty. <laughs> I know. I can tell. <laughs> okay. What color was the centaur statue in the Ministry of Magic? Gold. Yep. They're all gold. I was really tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, what two people does Fudge send to the Department of Mysteries? Ugh, dollish? Yep. Oh, he's just in everything in this book. <laughs> uh, I don't know the second one. Williamson. Hmm. I don't think he's ever mentioned. Nope. Um, the headless statue of the wizard was protecting Harry. Which statue was trapping Bellatrix? I know what the headless statue is. Because that's the wizard. I just said that. You didn't. I did too. You didn't. I literally said, the headless statue of the wizard was protecting oh. Harry. Which statue is trapping Bellatrix? Well, there's only so many others. Right. So, 
don't say it like that. Lisa you Pinkhouse been? Self? No. Because that would be a good one, I feel like. Um, I, is there a wizard and a witch? Or is it no equality for, for women? I don't know. Okay. Um, Why is it the goblin? No. It's the witch. Oh my gosh, you're mean. Yeah. How many did you guess? Two. Okay. Did I have a point? Yeah. For what? Um, the color of the statue. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Go ahead. What spell does Dumbledore use to restore the wizard? Reparo? No. I don't know. Portis. Restore? Portis. No, no. Say the question. Restore. To restore is to fix. He yes. didn't fix the head by making it a port key. Did he, did he not do that? No. Portis made it a port key for Harry to take to Hogwarts. I was not paying attention. Yeah. I, it was also late when I was doing this. Yes. Okay. Um, what was the man's name who yelled out that he had seen Voldemort? Dawlish. No. <laughs> it's always dollish. It's always dollish. I don't have a point anymore. No. Um, Williamson? Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> You're a little trickster, aren't you? Um, fill in the blank. Fudge blank worse than ever. His mouth was open, and his round face grew blank under his blank gray hair. <laughs> Say the first one again. Fudge Blake, worse than ever. Fudge. I don't know. Blanched. No. I give up. Goggled. So he goggled worse than ever, and then what? His mouth was open. Yikes. And his round face grew blank under his blank gray hair. His round face grew. Two sizes too. <laughs> it grew smaller. <laughs> I don't know. I give up. <laughs> On both of them, I give up. Okay. Um, and his round face grew pinker under his rumpled gray hair. Never would have gotten that. Okay, you're going to get this one, but it's awesome. fine. What did Dumbledore turn into a portkey for Harry? I feel like I should get a point because that question was really wrong for yours. Something being yanked at his navel. Being jerked. Jerked. Same thing. <laughs> he usually just says like a tug, so I don't know this time what specifically. I'm just gonna. That's my final guess. I give up. Okay, it's a hook. Great. Um, last one. Fill last one. in the blanks. There was a cool line of pale blank along the horizon. Blank was approaching. Oh, the I color actually of the sky. remember this. Oh, really? Go ahead. What? What did you say? <laughs> Can you repeat it? 
There was a cool line of pale blank along the horizon. Blank was approaching. There was a cool line of pale cool. <laughs> cool was approaching. Pale, pale light. No. I'm gonna hurt you. <laughs> along the horizon. Yeah, blank was approaching. That's not death. <laughs> Harry's just looking at the sky like, I'm gonna die. Morning. <laughs> no. You have a point, by the way. Two points. If you guess anymore, you'll be Exactly, one. so I'm done. Great. There was a cool line of pale green along the horizon. Dawn was approaching. Okay, well, I won trivia today, four how? to two. How did that happen? What do you mean, how? How? Can I see your trivia? No. I could tell you how it happened. How did it happen? I don't remember See, your you questions. can't even remember. You know what? Okay. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Ron and Hermione Minus a Romance. And be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Ron and Hermione Minus a Romance or on Twitter at Ron underscore Hermione NTR. Shoot us an email at VulcanHaveBones at Gmail and rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We appreciate you all very much. Be sure to tune in next week where we will be covering the last chapter of Order of the Phoenix. Chapter 38 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Thank you guys and see you next week. Congratulations.